Hi, I'm Laura Allen. And I'm Liv Austin. And between us, we are a songwriter, actor, singer, producer, and the hosts of My Amazing Mess, a podcast where we talk to creatives who are right in the middle of developing their own unique careers. They are totally honest with us about what it takes to pursue their dream job, the exciting highs, the disheartening lows, and and the the amazing mess that is everything in between. It's Friday, that means it's time for Messy Musings. We don't have all the answers, but we ask the questions anyway. Laura Allen. Liv Austin. <laughs> what, we ta- what are we talking about today, Liv? We're talking about imposter syndrome. Oh. Classic. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't already dealt with this. I know. When we were discussing all the, the topics we wanted to talk about for Series 2, so many came to mind that we were kind of thinking... Why didn't we think of this for series one? <laughs> yeah, it just seems like an obvious one to to go for. But we, yeah, we had a lot of other stuff to talk about in, in the first series. And we will ha- continue to have a lot of stuff <laughs> we'll to talk continue. about. But if anyone listening has any ideas of what you want to hear, please always write in. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Yeah. So yeah, imposter syndrome, Liv. Don't know what it is. <laughs> Never felt it. Never had that? Never had that. Oh. No, no. I just know I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. No. Um yes, I know what it is. Have had it definitely. My question, okay, this is my question. Oh. Do you know you have it when you have it? If you know what I mean. Mm, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it this it still doesn't kind of make it any less real. I can still be like, "Oh, I know what's happening here. It's imposter syndrome." But it still feels as as strong as real. It's still so, I mean, for anyone listening, and just so I'm clear in my mind of what we what we mean when we're saying imposter syndrome, mm. what are we what are we talking about? So it's when you don't feel good enough for what it is that you're actually perfectly capable of achieving. Yeah, yeah, because I think I think it's a, it's a good thing to define because sometimes, depending on who we're talking about, I mean, I'm sure some people feel imposter syndrome, and this sounds really terrible to say, but sometimes maybe you are a bit, you know, in over your head. And maybe that's okay, or maybe you have been given an opportunity that you weren't quite ready for, um, and so it's a fairly valid feeling sometimes, and not that it's helpful. But I think most of the time, and for what we're talking about now, is when we get work or opportunities that we are, as you say, we are qualified to do, and we still feel like we're going to be found out, that that we can't actually do it, and that we're worthless, and... <laughs> that we're going to get fired and told to go <laughs> home on the day. day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so where does it come from? Why do we have that? I find for me that it's sometimes it comes from feeling inexperienced and actually not not looking back at what I've achieved and understanding that actually I'm perfectly experienced. Sometimes it comes from self-belief and self worth and not having either of those things at that moment what about you what where does it come from for you what hits me is that the kind of stuff that we do and what a lot of creatives have to deal with is competition you know even though it's competition is not it doesn't really happen in the way that maybe other people think it does like I don't experience actors as being like competitive with each other we're all very supportive or or people who are serious about their work I think are supportive of other actors and and stuff but it's still by nature it's it's a competitive business the same with music and the same with with a lot of other things that you know are 
interviewees do. There's there's a lot of competition to get the job in the first place and you come across a lot of really talented people. And so when you get it, it's almost like, but have you have you met all the other people who, who do this and they're really good? And, uh, you know, you, you're just so used to there being competition that you just question it. You start analysing a bit too much. And I don't really have the answer to like how to how to deal with that. But I think partly that's where it comes from. But maybe on the surface, I, th- I think, like you say, it goes deeper than that. It goes back to your self-worth, um, how a lot of creative people have maybe a history of needing you know validation and mm. uh, and stuff like that so so we really strive so hard to, hard for validation and then when we get it we're like oh I'm not worthy of that because I'm meant to strive really hard to get your attention and stuff and there are all these like paradoxes happening at once like I was talking to to a guy I was writing a song with and he he was saying like that the worst thing about finishing a gig is that I want everyone to come up to me and tell me that I was great, but when they do, it's so uncomfortable, I hate it. <laughs> and you're like, you can't win because you want everyone to tell you that you're doing really great, but when when they do, you're like, I'm not that great. And they just don't know, bless them, you know? And it's like, mm. you can't you can't win with it because you doubt yourself so much. See, I've found a lot of the time that my imposter syndrome, I sometimes start with it and then I find my feet a lot of the time and it normally comes from I will start something new or I'll be in a new situation for instance I'm choreographing currently a a production um, in a school a drama school in London and just even the first couple of sessions there I was kind of like they they all know they all know that I'm not worthy of being here imparting wisdom on people that are training now they must know they're looking at me like they know and then I started doing it and I was like, oh no, I do know more than them. I, I, I can teach them something. I can help them and and also choreograph something, co-choreograph something really, really good for them to be able to showcase. So event, it's kind of like I need to sh- be seen. I need to see myself in that situation and see where I am, see what the level is for me to go, no, it's fine. Actually, I am all right. Um, I, I had a really interesting experience doing the show that we spoke about in uh, last week's Messy Musings episode. Um that I was producing it, co-producing it, co-choreographing it, and also I'd put myself in the show. <laughs> Which, guys, if you are listening and you're creating your own work, just put yourself in the movie. Like, <laughs> just do it. Um, if you're not creating these opportunities, unless you want to be the other side of it. But the challenge I've always found of doing both sides of things is that's where my imposter syndrome starts to kick in. Because I think, well, we auditioned incredible actors and we ended up with a phenomenal cast of people who had stellar voices moved really well acted beautifully it was going to be a great show and i started to think maybe i should have cast somebody else and not me in my part <laughs> in my show in the show that i wanted to, you know we, we had chosen something where i'm not so naive as to put myself in a part that's not right for me um i knew i was right for the part and so did the director otherwise i wouldn't have, have put myself in it at all but I definitely found that that moment in rehearsals, early rehearsals, having both hats on and not knowing how I fitted in with the cast as a cast member, but also as a producer was a really tricky thing and did not help my imposter syndrome at all because I started to feel more comfortable on the producing side and less comfortable as the performer. Like that they may have been looking at me thinking, why has she put herself in this? (laughs) But, you know, 
then I was surrounded by support and talent and then you all lift each other up and actually ended up being in a great show and and it was a, it was the right move but it's that definitely is where it kicks in for me is where I'm feeling like I've chosen to put myself somewhere that I shouldn't be rather than somebody else giving me that yeah position. like you've you've made it happen and like who's gonna tell you no if it's not right like who's gonna tell you to leave I think often we are just really hard on ourselves because there's a feeling of um maybe this is like majority women maybe is is the thing that we feel like we have to prove that we're we know stuff before we do it not exclusively women but I feel like we're maybe not so encouraged to do certain jobs you know like producing and that kind of stuff and so we feel like we're not allowed to learn on the job Mm. but you are like you are allowed to take on something that you've never done before and learn as you're doing it I mean obviously you can't be completely clueless and be like everyone help me because I don't know what I'm doing but you are allowed to start something and not have all the answers and that doesn't mean that someone's gonna tell you that you're you're terrible just because you are learning on the job because how are you gonna start doing that so I think that happens sometimes for for me if if I want to venture into something slightly different, slightly more technical, is that oh god, I have to have all the answers before I even start because someone's going to someone's going to judge me for being clueless about this. Whereas intellectually I I know that I have to learn while I'm doing it because otherwise it's never going to happen. But I think that maybe happens sometimes. Maybe it's just like a certain type of person who just feels like they need to be really good at good at stuff. Yeah. Do you think it's it's a thing that comes with being really self-aware and aware of other people? And I feel like the people that come across to me, like they don't have any type of imposter syndrome are the ones that are that just that tiny bit, not fully self-aware. That's maybe not the right thing to say, but that just are totally streamlining what they're, they're going after it. That's it. And not worrying about what people are thinking of them and not worrying about other other aspects of it which is not always a bad thing to be that way to be that kind of driven and focused yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's uh i am not putting down anybody that is driven and focused and being you know really totally self not self-aware but yeah i don't know if i'm saying no i I get what you mean because i i've always kind of been a bit jealous of people who are not that self-aware or, or appear to be not yeah, as self-aware exactly. because they just they're just not question maybe they are self-aware but they're just not questioning all the time mm. it's like some of us just think too much we think too much and we're like living in the future about what might possibly happen and what might go wrong which is actually not necessarily that realistic because a lot of the stuff that we it's, it's you know people go oh I'm a realist you know I'm just prepared for what might go wrong it's like well, actually, realistically, most things don't go horribly wrong. So it's not, you know, we think that we're being realistic, but actually we're just quite pessimistic because we think that, oh, someone's going to, you know, question my authority on this or whatever. And yeah, I'm really, I've always been so jealous of people who are just like, well, why why shouldn't I do it? Why shouldn't I try this? You know, I'm giving it a go. You know, I, I it's maybe it's not to do with self-awareness, but just fearlessness as well. That mm. I've been in, in rehearsal rooms with people who just go for it. They're putting their entire heart and soul into it. Whereas I'd love to do that and I will eventually get there, but I'll have to know exactly what I'm doing and make sure I've made all the right choices before so that I don't embarrass myself or try something that, that falls flat. And actually sometimes 
it's I exactly like you feel quite envious of the people that just absolutely have so much self-belief rather than maybe perhaps not not being self-aware but just going going with it and trying it out and and seeing is maybe yeah it's the imposter syndrome definitely for me that comes from overthinking and being very concerned with what's going on around me rather than actually just worrying about what is going on right here for me it's like what we actually need to do to combat imposter syndrome is to just deal with what's happening right now in the moment because even if you do come across a problem or something that you don't know how to do it, or someone's questioning your ability to do it. If that happens in the moment, you'll deal with it. But actually what's happening right now is that you are doing the job and it's going quite well. And you're just wondering if someone's going to find out that you're not the the perfect person for it. And all that stuff is like you're living in the future. You're living for future stuff that hasn't happened and might not ever happen. There's a part of me that wishes that, you know, we have these different parts of our brain and there's the... um. Did you watch Free Solo? No. The, I didn't. Do you do you know of it? No. no. So it's this guy who to who free free climbs is it called that? Oh, gosh. free climbing. Hats El- off to anyone. Oh who does that. my god! He, I mean, I, I don't encourage this necessarily because this is a very don't try this at home. Kids. Yeah, don't don't try it anywhere. Um, but he he free climbs if that's what it's called. Um, El Capitan, in in America, and it's like insane and he goes in for like a scan of his brain and the part of the brain that feels fear is just hardly awake in his brain he just doesn't really have he's like is it is it just not there and she's like it's there but but like the doctor she's like it's 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 there but it's just it takes a little bit more for you to to feel frightened than it does for other people and I just kind of wish we could like go in and tune them down when they're not helpful because obviously fear is a very helpful feeling sometimes and we need it but not when you're performing in a show not when you're producing something it's it's not helpful and it's like this thing from our past you know from from our ancestors that we don't really need as much anymore Mm. and I wish I could just like tune it down a little bit you know it's like I don't really need fear today because I'm I mean, not maybe in any we danger. Need to, to do some free climbing just to see if uh, <laughs> we can tune it down that way. Maybe That's we so should incredible, do. Though. We should do free climbing because then whatever else we do creatively, we'll be like, well, this is not going to kill me. Yeah. Th- see, that's my other tip. My other tip that I would say that I have learned has been to dream big and and plan for the biggest dream. Because when I've played it small, things don't happen. And when I, I mean, I had this conversation with my co-producer with the show that we did. We finished it and we were like, right, what's next with it? We want to take it on. And I was like, what's the what's the dream scenario that happens next then? So we started planning for that. Whatever happens that's under that is still acceptable. It's still brilliant. It's still something, even if it doesn't end up being the biggest, you know, possible outcome that we could hope for. Maybe it will one day. Maybe it will take that time to get there. But that's been my kind of, that's what I release my imposter syndrome and I just go, let's just dream big, go for go for the biggest thing. Basically go as far as you can and, and you'll come across some magic in between. It's, it's a great way to kind of trick your brain a bit though. Because if you have like an impossible goal, like this is what we're going for, then stuff below that, so to speak, doesn't really seem that massive. Whereas if that was where you set your goal you'd put everything on it and Mm. you'd be like oh god I have to get there so you kind of relax a bit because you make it so that that's not such a big thing and it's also it's a great way to not feel like an imposter because you're like yeah this is is never gonna happen because it's so far away but actually then you realize what you've achieved 
yeah you're just having a bit of fun you're just like trying to see how far you can take it and you know you just kind of you you do what you can with it and it's it's not really about being found out you know or or failing it's just about trying Mm. have you ever had a moment where it's hindered you it's really stopped you I think that that was what was going on in my brain when I had my panic attack on the radio have I spoken about that on the podcast I don't know I don't think I've spoken about it yet. Definitely have to talk about that. (laughs) If you're happy to. I mean, this is the perfect episode to talk about that. So I had a panic attack on uh, BBC London, uh, which is fun. (laughs) I mean, that's what you want. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? And it's a while ago now. It's like a year and a half ago. And when I say a panic attack on live radio, I just, people are probably going to be like, oh God, she like started hyperventilating and crying it didn't have nobody knew that I was having a panic attack other than me which is what everyone who's had a public panic attack will tell you that like nobody else knew apart from me (laughs) Uh, but I was playing a a song live on the radio which I've done many a time I was not really that nervous beforehand and uh, hadn't it came completely out of nowhere seemingly looking back it wasn't coming out of nowhere because things were happening around that time I was like gearing up for my album to come out I was traveling around a lot gigging with loads of articles being written about me I was on like a 2018 hot list all of that stuff where everyone was like it's a new big thing and you kind of start going I don't deserve all of this attention I don't know why I'm here Uh," you know and that's kind of like just just bubbling just beneath the surface bubbling beneath the surface is that even makes total sense (laughs) I I am getting the hand gestures to go with it yes yeah you guys are missing out on a lot of great hand gestures that are only here for videoing these podcasts yeah we need to do that um but yeah so all of that was kind of happening without me quite realizing and things were happening really quickly I was traveling all the time so there was no time going back to our, our previous messy musing you know like there was no time to kind of really stop and think like what's going on for me do I maybe need to meditate a bit do I need to sit down and breathe do I need to just stop and be like yeah this is a lot but I'm grateful for it because this is what I've been working towards I didn't have that time and so while I was sat there and they had these like quite you know well-known actors who were in a big show being interviewed and then it was like and over to you Liv what song are you going to play for us and it's like oh yeah I'm going to play this song and then I started playing and I was like if you can have a hundred thoughts a second, that's what was going on for me. It's like, why are you here? You don't deserve to be here. They probably think you're shit. They have to sit through three minutes of this. Oh, it's still happening. Am I going to stop now? I'm just going to have to stop. I'm going to have to stop and tell them that that's all they're going to get today. Like literally so many thoughts going around. And I was like, and and it just keeps, you know, kind of building because the more you panic, the more you panic. <laughs> And, uh, and I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Like, I've lost it. And I just got through the song and I probably just, I sounded a bit nervous. I listened back to it and I sounded a bit nervous, but that's like, okay, if I'd just been nervous, I would have been like, oh yeah, I was a bit nervous for that. But that was not what was happening. I was full on panicking. And that was imposter syndrome just peaking at 100% because I felt like what was going on in my life, I wasn't deserving, even though I'd been working towards that specifically for years. But it's it's easier because we get so much resistance, rejection, so much thrown at us that we're not 
you know, that we have to kind of keep knocking stuff out of the park, you know. We, it's easier, isn't it? That is easier. They like, always say it must be so hard to be rejected. And you actually think, oh, I'm so used to that yeah, side that's of the it. Easy it's bit. hard to accept it when, it when it is handed to you and when it is well-deserved. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you've, all you've ever done is, is struggle for it, strive for it. And then suddenly you start getting return on it and you're like, wait, what? How do I compute this? So, so that, yeah, that was like the, the most extreme version of that. But it was a really useful lesson for me. I'm really grateful for it now because you kind of just go, well, that was as bad as it can get. Well, it wasn't as bad as it can get, I guess, but it felt as bad as it could feel. And I got through that and I'm still, I'm still doing it. I haven't stopped doing music. You know, I d- that was not like that was the end of it, which is what it felt like at the time. And so... I think now I just go, I deserve to be there. <laughs> I did deserve to be there. They are very well going to sit and listen to me for three minutes. They can deal with that. And it's not crap. And it's, you know, all of that stuff. So it's just like sometimes you just have to remember those moments where you felt not worthy. You look back at it and you're like, I was worthy. So I'm not going to keep doing that to myself. I'm actually going to quote my little nephew cousin right now because uh, we, I had the, he's sick, he just turned six. He um, went, he doesn't like swimming and uh, he, he's like really adventurous and he, he has to be in control of things. He wouldn't play, wouldn't go in the pool, all these, he was crying for about 20 minutes because all the other kids were swimming and he wasn't swimming. And eventually he got kind of passed to one of the dads and by the end of it, he was being thrown in the pool and he was splashing and laughing and apparently got in the car and he said, I wish I hadn't wasted all that time crying and just enjoy and just did it and he's sick he's six he's really intelligent but i actually think yeah don't waste don't waste time worrying about if you can do it just try and do it and then you'll find out if you'll find out if you are an imposter or whether you can actually do it <laughs> exactly and that's the thing is the the worst thing that can happen is that you lose that opportunity and you're fine anyway I love that analogy that is like water as well. Because like, just jump in, like just, just jump, jump in. in. And, you know, going back to series one, when we were talking to Sabrina Bartlett, when she became a series regular and it was like a massive thing. And then she was let go for series two. And she was so devastated. She was very generous with, with us and telling us about that experience. And, you know, for those, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have kind of kept following her since then, but she's doing so brilliantly and she went straight into another job. And, you know, so it's like even that, which at the time seemed like the darkest moment, the most terrible thing. And oh, how embarrassing. And oh, this and that, that went through her head. But then it actually turned out to be not such a big deal because it just opened up other possibilities. So even then, and that's not saying that she wasn't, you know, found to be good or anything like that. It was just a creative decision. So it had nothing to do with her, really, which is most of the time the reality. <laughs> totally. And I think it's really interesting what you were saying about your panic attack, about how you'd felt like it had been something that you'd struggled and strived for for so long. And when you got it, you didn't feel like you deserved it. And there must be people listening. and must be people that we know and that you, there are stories of who, who actually get things before they've struggled they kind of they were right place right time or lucky and then hit that imposter syndrome kind of on the back end of it thinking hold on everything was too easy and now what am I doing and I know I've spoken to people when even when I was applying for drama school there were people who I had auditioned 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 for so long and there were people that got in first round straight away 
and hit that hit that point another another junction where they thought well hold on that was all too easy where's my where's my bit where i'm struggling now so i think i think it's quite a natural thing to feel like you're an imposter and i think as long as we try and learn when we're feeling it and is it something in us saying hold on a second you need to do a bit more research or work or preparation then fair do <laughs> do your do your homework and sometimes you are totally worthy of being in that position and to just jump in the water and enjoy it <laughs> yeah thank you the wisdom of children <laughs> oh, i gotta love the kids yeah thank you so much for listening to messy musings episode two um we are in this series really wanting to find out where you guys are listening in from so please write in tell us where you are tuning in from we know we've got some listeners in the states which we're yeah. loving we don't know if it's the british accent or whether we've got lots of creatives out there the amount of times i do listen to american podcasts just for the smooth tones yeah exactly yeah. those are good voices so yeah. yeah thank you for listening from across the pond and uh i wonder how cultural it is as well that would actually be quite interesting to hear from like different countries that are listening how do you experience imposter syndrome and uh has anyone else had a panic attack live on air? Can can you trump my story, basically? <laughs> the one that trumps it, we will post the story. Definitely. See you next week. Next week on the podcast, we talk to Tom Rainsford, one of the founders of the mobile network GifGaff, and he's also a creative director don't forget to subscribe and make sure you're always up to date with our newest episodes. Hi everyone, it's Liv here. I know, it's sad. You've finished this week's episode of My Amazing Mess and now you just don't really know what to do with yourself until the next episode comes out. But fear not, I'm here to help you. We are going to tell you about some of our favourite podcasts and we hope that you check them out. One of my favourites to listen to in the morning is Before Breakfast Podcast. It's a time management podcast, but it's not just about productivity at work and how to stop procrastinating. This podcast is really special. It's hosted by Laura Vanderkam, and it's about making the most of your time in every aspect of your life. Before Breakfast is an iHeart production and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out right now, Before Breakfast Podcast. And don't forget to let her know that we sent you. See you next week. Thank you.